magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Good morning. It is Friday, March 10th. It is six minutes after 11 and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader. He's being treated for a concussion and is staying at a hospital for observation after he fell at a hotel in D. On Wednesday evening, he tripped at a dinner event. He was admitted to the hospital and now he's being treated. He's going to stay there for a few days of observation and treatment. It happened at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in D.C., which was formerly the Trump International Hotel. He's 81 years old. He's the Senate's longest-serving GOP leader, and he was at this event. It was a it was a pack event. He was there raising money. So. Now we have not only John Fetterman, but also Mitch McConnell in the hospital. Well, everyone wishes him a speedy recovery because that's mm-hmm. what we do here. We're good and decent people. No matter how we're treated as taxpayers, we want the best for him. But it does entertain the question of what does the Republican Party look like after Mitch McConnell? Mm. Because he has now been in charge since the mid-2000s, I think maybe is 06, I think for some reason stands out that he has been the head honcho mm-hmm. over there in the Senate. And it also does raise the question, look, anytime you're talking about a political person, and again, we wish him the best in a very speedy recovery, but what you always talk about, you know, we hear this all the time with presidents or whatever, when something's going on with, with them. We talked about it with Jimmy Carter a couple weeks ago, that when you talk about them, you have to talk about their governance, their role in governance, the accomplishments and failures, because that's why you're. That's why they're, it's in the news if something's going on with mm-hmm. them. Mitch McConnell's been very unsuccessful as the leader of the Senate. They have spent the overwhelming majority of that time as the minority party. Okay, well, he did help get some conservative judges. He did. He's on a, the Supreme Court. He's a. He and I was just going to say. I preface this by saying he was A-plus on the judges, Mm -hmm. which is so weird that you would be so good on those judges, and I've never understood this, and so resolute. And the the country does owe him a thanks and a debt of gratitude for standing firm uh, on the Merrick Garland appointment. And I think we've seen a huge benefit to the country because of the decision he made and then the, the judges that Trump appointed. But the rest of the record is this just bizarre hodgepodge of huge government, of increased government spending, of growth of government. And it's just so weird. I don't understand how those two things can correlate and and go together. And currently, he's singing the same song as Chuck Schumer is, especially when it comes to January 6th. Yeah. He did. He was instrumental in passing some Trump-era tax cuts. But the tax cuts don't matter if you don't do the spending cuts along with oh, them. Okay, yeah. Good point. That That is something, and, and I think a lot of people are wising up to it as we have seen mm-hmm. record or near-record inflation the past couple years. I didn't under fully understand that 
until, I mean, it was before the most recent bout of inflation, but I didn't fully understand or appreciate that for a long time, and I was around this stuff all the time, how the tax cuts are great and they're wonderful, and in the brief time that they were a thing pre-COVID, they worked. In the very short term, it boosted, it put, it made America competitive in terms of corporate tax rates and keeping jobs here and rewarding companies for keeping jobs here. But if you don't stop spending at the same time, it, it is so weird. I mean, in a weird way, the Republicans are worse than the Democrats because at least the Democrats pretend to want to pay for all their government. They, they, now the tax increases that they propose will never it's not an offset i mean there's never enough money to offset the amount of spending they're proposing but at least they're honest with you about hey we got to pay for it and let's soak these rich guys mm -hmm. i mean you could soak everyone and not pay for it the republicans on the other hand they're disingenuous and dishonest because they air quote cut taxes but then they don't pay for it they're just diners and dashers mm -hmm. oh yeah seven generations from now we'll pay for it it'll be great and, and I, I think that's got to be part of the conversation about Mitch McConnell's legacy is his growth of government, his growth of government spending, and regularly siding with the Democrats to enhance the national debt. So right now the Senate, very close. I mean, it's, it's narrowly divided, right? Demo Democrats in control of the chamber, 51 to 49. But you, now you've got Mitch McConnell out. And you also have Fetterman out. Are these two? And Feinstein guys, is out. And Fe you're right. Another one. So what does that make it? Is that that'd be fit forty nine forty eight? So Mansion and uh, what's her face are still in charge. Right. The Arizona lady. Cinema. I mean, are, are what can these guys do from the hospital? Can are they doing anything? Are they allowed to? I mean, they're. I, I don't think the Senate rules allow absentee voting. I could be wrong. Now remember the House had the proxy voting under Pelosi, mm -hmm. and I think the Republicans changed that under McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Got away with that. But I don't think the Senate allows that, which, again, it means, I mean, de facto, Manchin and Cinema are the, you know, the, the deciding votes as they always are. Mm -hmm. But it also sparks the conversation about the aged population of our elected officials. Right. He's 81. And he's young. Compared to <clears throat> Feinstein or Grassley mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or, uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. Mm -hmm. 81, you should not be making choices for the entire country. Right. I mean, he's he's the man. Yeah. He's one of the most powerful people in the entire government. Right. In the entire world. Yeah. And he's 81 years old. And we, we are a country that keeps rewarding this. And these people stay because of the power and the money associated mm -hmm. with it. So all that, we wish him a speedy recovery. Mm -hmm. But when these things happen, I feel like some, some broadcasters, writers, whatever, are like, well, you can't actually talk about them. Well, you should be talking about them because the only reason you're mentioning whatever's going on with them is, is how it affects us. Is because of the things they did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 12 minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Biden, he released his $6.8 trillion budget, puts higher taxes on the rich, targets corporations, gives uh, a huge amount of money for social programs. So this is the largest peacetime budget in history, including $842 billion for the Pentagon, 
a 5.2% pay raise for federal employees, $6 billion in support for Ukraine and Europe, $37 billion on nuclear weapons programs. It is a staggering amount of money to be spent when you factor, I mean, it's a staggering amount of money, period, but it is a staggering amount of money to be spent when you factor in what the federal government has done in terms of printing money and spending the past three years and the ramifications in terms of inflation because of that. And this budget is a middle finger to every U.S. taxpayer, and they are saying, we don't care. Mm -hmm. $6.8 trillion. It's going to be a battle. I mean, he's got to get that passed by the House. Right. And, and, it's not, and, and they're saying it's the road to ruin. Yeah, that's not going to be passed by the House. Mm -hmm. But do you, do you, okay, Casey, do you have any faith in the Republican Party, whether it is the debt ceiling, which is an incredible opportunity, opportunity to get spending under control, or this here with the federal budget to get spending under control, do you have any faith that the Republican Party will go to the mat on behalf of the taxpayers and do what is necessary mm. to get spending under control, which is what you have to do if you mm -hmm. want to solve inflation. Okay, well, you've been railing against McCarthy a lot. And so far, he's more or less kept his word on everything he said he was going to do. But not on the spending because he, hasn't, he has not had to rally votes on that well, yet. Well, and now he's going to have to do right. that. So we'll see. Right. Right? If he continues on the path of keeping his word, maybe things will go in a different direction. It should also give pause to the American people because you have a president who is submitting an unserious budget. Mm. Like he knows, he, he doesn't know because he, he doesn't know where he is at, but his people know mm -hmm. there's no way this is going to pass. And yet they submit this, which is a giant waste of everybody's time and resources and money. And they don't care. There's no way this is passing. They know it's not passing. And yet they go through with the exercise. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when Republicans took control of the House, they vowed that they would hold the Biden administration accountable for the withdrawal of U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Right? Okay, and they're, they're kicking off their first hearing examining that withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, Republicans, of course, called it a stunning failure. Yeah. What, uh, why don't we take a break? You because I want to play this audio from Ned okay. Price, which goes into the amount of money that was lost in Afghanistan on military equipment. And again, what a just a colossal disaster this was for America. And the Biden administration doesn't seem to care at all. All right. We'll get into that coming up from 93 WIBC. 20 minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and trending this hour, daylight saving time. That's a reminder for you. It happens Saturday night, Sunday morning, 2 a.m. That's when we're going to spring forward. And of course, people like to remind you, this is the time to make sure you check your fire detectors around your house, your fire alarms. Make sure the batteries are all up to snuff. So this means it will stay light later, mm -hmm. but it will also get light later correct 
So right now, when I leave to go to work, the sun is either coming up or is out. Yeah, it will be an hour later. I will be back in darkness. Darkness, yes. Okay. Yeah. I hate this. I'm sorry. Do you you like it though? I like that it stays light later. But you, I, don't, you, I don't like it in the winter when got, it's dark yeah, at 3 p.m. Though you've got some weird fetish where you need it to be light at 10 p.m., which is very <laughs> weird to me. I like sunshine, Rob. What can I say? Also trending is the Oscars. It's being held on Sunday, and this is the first time in over 60 years that there will not be a red carpet. You know, they always have the literal red carpet leading into Dolby Theater. Instead, it will be a champagne-colored carpet this year, and it is to uh, evoke the champagne flowing during the awards show. Oh! Yeah. Well! Jimmy Kimmel is the host. And let's see here. The uh, red, the champagne carpet events begin at 1.30. Will you watch this? uh, It it starts at 8 p.m. I... I don't know really any of the movies. I think maybe I've seen one, which was the Elvis movie. Remember when this used to be a huge yeah. deal? Yeah. I'm to the point now, if I've seen one of the movies uh-huh. or I know any of the actors, I think I'm with it. Because it used to be I would know all of the actors and actresses and oh yeah, oh mm-hmm. yeah. Now I don't recognize any of them. Question for you on this. How much has streaming access... Mm-hmm. The fact that so many of the movies now are directly to a streaming source. Yeah. How much does that have to do with the lack of engagement? Because it used to be, movie comes out, I must go to the movie theater Mm -hmm. to see it. Fewer movies were made because you can only get so many movies in a movie theater. And so the company themselves had to put more effort into making the movie and you had to put effort in because you had to go to the theater Mm -hmm. and you were like, okay, I've used my money. Even if this movie stinks, I'm going to be engaged in it because I've spent money. And now there's no unique or special, for the most part, about these movies because, well, it's on a streaming service. Or, you know, it's direct to to Blu-ray or whatever. It just kind of of takes the engagement from the people throughout the year out of the movie viewing industry. Mm -hmm. And thus, maybe you don't care about it. At the awards. Yeah, don't care about the Oscars. Don't care who wins. Uh, Only if there's something newsworthy happens will I be mildly interested, like last year. Yeah. With the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap. It's been a year? Yeah, well, yeah, that was last year. Wow. So hopefully there will be no bloodshed this year, which maybe is why they're not having a red carpet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can't disguise it. 23 after 11. Uh, Earlier before the break, we were talking about the exit of U.S. forces from Afghanistan and that rushed evacuation of all of the allies and how the Afghan government fell and the Taliban regained control of the country and it's one of the most damaging periods of President Biden's tenure in office. And and then, oh, how much it cost. Yes, this was a colossal disaster. And if you really look at the dovetail, the, the, uh, the tanking of Biden's approval ratings, mm-hmm. it dovetails with this event because it was something the media could not hide. They couldn't hide that all this stuff got blown up. They couldn't hide that American servicemen and women 
were killed. They couldn't hide that these lunatic maniac Taliban people had taken over the country and were once again imprisoning or belittling or demeaning or persecuting women or people of faith or whatever. And it really was an eye-opener for anybody who wasn't paying attention to how much the media manipulates you and your opinion of someone or something because once the media stopped hiding for Biden, not because they didn't want to, but because they couldn't, his approval ratings went in the toilet. Mm -hmm. But Biden doesn't care. Mm. Remember he was checking his watch right. when those service people came back? Mm -hmm. And and now one of the things that's come out is how much money yeah. was lost over there. What was it, like $7.2 billion was mm -hmm. left behind in, in aircraft, guns, vehicles, ammunition, and specialized equipment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the State Department spokesperson, Ned Price, says he's not familiar with any of that. Let's take a listen. Washington Free Beacon claimed that uh, the Taliban are in possession of $7.2 billion worth of American arms that were left behind, including airplane, uh, ground-to-air missiles, and so on, that pose a threat to U.S. interests. Do you have any comment on that? I'm not familiar with uh, that report, uh, and that's an issue that... Uh, our colleagues at the Department of Defense uh, would be in a better position to uh, respond to. What I can say is that um, since August of last year, uh, we have found that uh, previous estimates, and I can't speak to this one because I'm not familiar with it, uh, of uh, material that may be in the Taliban's possession that was left behind uh, after uh, the evacuation, um, those estimates were um, uh, inflated uh, by a, a large degree, but I, I can't speak to this. Just like the Biden administration, they can't speak to anything. I mean, that is their M.O., pass the buck. Whenever asked anything, oh, we, we don't know that. You have to go someplace else. 13 U.S. service members, 170 people were killed during that withdrawal after that suicide bomber detonated explosives. So they're saying that part of this committee is to not only set the scene, but to allow some of the veterans a chance to tell their stories and experiences on the ground during the withdrawal. And many people are saying that the Biden administration has just dismissed the trauma that it caused and just trying to sweep the whole thing under the rug. All right, Casey, let's take a break. Okay. When we come back, an unbelievable story involving a lunch lady. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, never, I never had the lunch ladies being pegged as these type of people, but... Uh, there it is. You got to watch everyone these All right, days. We'll get into it coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> Woke up in the morning, put on my new plastic glove. <laughs> Serve some reheated Salisbury steak with a little slice of love. <laughs> I got no clue what the chicken pot pie is made of. Just know everything's doing fine down here in Lunch Lady Land. Oh boy. <laughs> Good stuff. 11.32 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC talking about lunch ladies. I don't know if you heard about this story, but a former school cafeteria worker 
allegedly sexually assaulted a teenager in Connecticut, and she has since pled not guilty. She's accused of sending a boy unsolicited nude videos and images of herself while also meeting him for relations. Okay, Casey, you know I don't notice people's appearances. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need you to help me on this one. Yeah. But I'm trying to think back in my lunch lady time machine when I was in school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I do not recall the lunch ladies that were serving the tenderloins and the pizza Mm -hmm. and the peanut butter. Yes. I don't recall them appearing like this. Right. Looking uh, maybe a little older. Perhaps. Yeah, they looked a little older back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, this woman, she's, she, she looks like she's posing for her mugshot. By the way, I love she, this. She does. <laughs> she's got like the the duck lips and the the fish lips and the kind of the pout and may I'm I'm sure she truly is pouting because she's being arrested. Right, absolutely. But uh, it looks more like it's the um, I'm trying to give a high cheekbone look pout right. rather than. Being upset. So, I saw this story. It's been on our uh, template for a couple days now. This was, uh, where was this? This was Connecticut, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. New New Fairfield, Connecticut. Yep. And you think about, okay, we hear the stories about the teachers and the students. Mm -hmm. And I got to plead ignorance. It never once dawned on me that That there was was also potential. That the lunch lady would do this. because you think about, okay, the interaction between a teacher and a student mm-hmm. is every day. Right. There's a learning, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a, a power and, 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 and submissive, you know, in, environment, mm-hmm. te- teacher to student. How would you even st- strike up a conversation to get to this point? Like, how allegedly was did this go from, here's your turkey burger to here's some nudes? At what point, with this boy getting his tray and sliding it down exactly. the line, are they passing phone numbers exactly. back and forth? Like, you could see how it would happen with a teacher, be it man or woman and a student, which is sick and weird and bizarre. It, it, it's no different. But from a sh- pure schematic... From a logistical yeah, logistics standpoint, standpoint, like, how did this even happen? Well, she allegedly began communicating with this 14-year-old victim when he was in 8th grade and then assaulted him when he was in ninth grade. I mean, this this is how gross this is, that how this started. But this woman, she apparently sent a message to this 14-year-old boy asking him if he wanted to see something. And then moments later, she sent a nude. No way. And he asked, did you make a mistake in sending this to me? And then she sent another one. No way. And then she asked him for photos. And, of course, the boy was with some friends. And then she messaged him, and she asked if they could meet up. She drove to the location to get him. He went out and then reemerged, acting differently. Of course, the friends were around, and, you know, a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. He's, he's not going to keep that quiet. So Breitbart had this story, and again, all of the all of these are just allegations. She has Allegedly. not been uh, convicted of, she, of anything. She pled not guilty. Um, if indeed that was how it happened, mm-hmm. that's pretty brazen. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, she was ending the conversations with goodnight XOXO. Oh, she's one of those people. So they secured an arrest warrant for her back in February. She's been released on a $100,000 bond. She's due back in court on May 23rd. Totally unrelated to this, Casey. Mm -hmm. Why do women end their messages sometimes with the XO? XO. Hugs, you don't you don't hugs and kisses? you don't strike me as the sort of person who has ever ended a message <laughs> kissy emoji to anyone with, with XO, XO. XO. Mm. Oh, I because it means hugs and kisses. Are you want are you wanting some? No, messages like no, that? no, no, no. I just I just wondered why. I Gee, mean, he needs attention. <laughs> why why somebody <laughs> when did that start? How did that start? Why did XO be so X is the hug? No, and X is the kiss. X is the kiss? Oh, yeah, O is the hug. O is the hug. I think. I'm right. Right, Kylan? Yeah, I think so. The yeah. X, it looks like a pucker of a lips, and and then the O is like you're wrapping your wrapping arms, your arms. around them. What? Listen to her. She's got there it. You do you go. do this? Did you no, make that I don't, up? but my friends do. Let's Did see? you make that up or read that somewhere? Or? No, it just sounds kind of logical. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Everybody if you believe it, the, sounds good. Everybody knows that. Because I have seen people. I have seen people over the years who will make <laughs> social media posts, mm-hmm. and then they'll put uh, which one's the hug? O is the, the hug. The o. O. They'll put just repeated O's mm-hmm. before they sign their name because mm-hmm. that's a thing that mm-hmm. people also do. Mm-hmm. But they're, then they make very clear that these are just O's because I don't. I want you weirdos to know I'm not giving you any X's. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Where no. they just do all O's and then they make it very clear that why they are just... No, but I've heard that the hey and the more Y's and the hey yeah. means more interest. Really? Mm-hmm. Like one Y is just hey. Do you do this? Two or multiple. If a guy texts me, hey, hey. I'm going to... Yeah, it depends who you are, but I might block. This is a guy thing too. It can be a girl thing too. Texting you, more wise means more interest. Yay! (laughs) Who who came up with these things? It's the dating world. Don't question it. Who is the person (laughs) that invented this? That's what I must know. (laughs) I don't know. Let's talk about Walmart. (laughs) Totally changing the subject. It's going to close its last two stores in Portland. And uh, the city's been contending with a lot of shoplifting, and the closures are set for March 24th. The CEO says they're dealing with a lot of shrinkage because of the crime. They say theft is an issue. It's higher than it's historically been. So no more Walmart in Portland, Oregon. Before we uh, get to this. Mm Mm-hmm. Micah just sent me a message. Did he say hey? He put, he put getting a lot of good feedback on Statehouse Happenings. X O X O X O. There you go. How would you like? Would you rather him say hello, good night? <laughs> I mean, like, Micah, don't send that to Rob. Anyway, I'm sorry. What, what, what about Walmart being vandalized and looted and rioted in uh, mm-hmm. Portland? They're closing the last two Walmarts in Portland. Think about how insane your violence has to be <laughs> that even Walmart is like, yeah, we're out. We're out. No more. <laughs> I didn't even know it was possible mm-hmm. to impact Walmart. Yeah. I thought Walmart was the sort of entity that could sustain anything. Hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, earthquakes, riots, looting. Have you seen the videos, though, of people going into the liquor stores and 
for whatever reason, just taking all of the bottles and just trashing them on the floor. Not because they're trying to steal. They're just they're destroying. Just, they're yeah. just destroying property just to do it. Just like mental issues. Just and and they're not being stopped. <laughs> Isn't that the amazing thing that there are stores who give direct edicts mm-hmm. to their employees? Well, yeah, they don't want their employees to be hurt. But even security people sometimes. Right. Like, don't, just let them go. Let them Why go. is the security person even there? Right. So the CEO of Walmart said that they consider many factors, including including current and projected financial performance, location, population, customer needs, proximity of other nearby stores when they're making decisions. And they said, after we decide to move forward, our focus is on the associates and their transition, and and then we're out. So they're out. Okay, let's talk about R.L. Stein. This is the author of Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Yeah. Did you read these as oh, a child? Oh, yes. Really? Oh, I had a huge collection of Goosebumps books. I had all of them at one point. I was very proud. Young Rob Kendall, mm-hmm. I had a string of them. I don't know. And they were numbered. All the Goosebumps books were numbered. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, that was like a big deal. Get through them. To have the collection of Goosebumps books. And I think at some point, I had them well into the 30s. Oh wow! Like thir- like uh, not my thirties. Have 30s. a lot. Yeah, not not, not like my thirties, but I'm okay. saying, oh yes, I I'm I would guess I have no idea. Obviously, it's been you have the whole collection. Uh, it, it's been decades since I have read or collected or whatever. I mean, I'm talking when I was fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. But there were oh yes, there were. I would bet there are hundreds of those now. You know, uh, the book collection that I was very proud of was the Funk and Wagnall Encyclopedia. The Who's Funk and Wagnall. I bet that was very popular in the forties. <laughs> It wasn't the, the funk, funk and Wagnall and Wagnall. Yeah, that's not even a name. You're oh, making that up. No, it totally. There's is a no name. way. Yeah, you'd get one a month until you had the whole collection. So you would be saying Boy, before the internet, we had encyclopedias. No, Rob. no, but just the name. So you would sit, sit and wait for the mailman mm-hmm. and go. Boy, I hope today is the day mm-hmm. I get my Funk and Wagnall <laughs> encyclopedia. Yes. Yeah, but this R.L. Stein, who's the author of Goosebumps, is accusing the publisher of making changes to the books without his permission. And what is this, more woke culture? They're changing references like ethnicity, mental health, and weight? Yeah, and these books, I have no idea if they're still in existence in terms of new ones. I think these are the old ones, like the ones that I read. Mm -hmm. They were big in the 90s, and they were horror books, but they were for kids. So there was, like, humor to them. It wasn't blood and Mm -hmm. guts and gore. Kylan, you are much younger than me. When you were in school, were kids still reading the Goosebumps books? They were. I never read them because they were too scary for me. Mm. But yes, but my friends still, were. And I know Nickelodeon made a bunch of them into movies. Mm-hmm. I think there was a TV show maybe with them. And and it's almost like and it was the 90s when these were at their peak. Mm-hmm. But they, they um, it's almost like pro wrestling in the sense of they kind of poked fun at everyone. And they would describe, like they said, you would describe somebody if they were overweight, mm-hmm. they would do that or they would, you know, there were stereotypes in the books because that's the way society is. And mm-hmm. we should all be able to poke fun mm-hmm. at each other. Okay, well, they're saying they're changing some of the words, like the word plump is now cheerful and crazy <laughs> is now silly. <laughs> and the description of a real nut was changed to a real wild one. Wow. 
And I don't quite understand this one, but nutcase has been converted to weirdo. And they're trying to keep the language current, but avoid imagery that is negative. So, and this is, um, we talk about this with these movies, right? Mm -hmm. Where they go through and start editing movies that have been around forever. Yeah. So in the case of the Goosebumps books, we're talking- They had a movie. We're Well, yeah, we're we're talking 30 plus years Mm -hmm. that people have been consuming this content. Remember when the thing happened at the, uh, you'll relate to this. Remember when the thing happened with Janet Jackson- at the Super Bowl. The thing? You mean the wardrobe malfunction? Yes. And then all of a sudden, the FCC basically said, we are going to go to a psychotic level of crackdown <laughs> to where, and this went on for years, it's like songs mm-hmm. that had been on the radio mm-hmm. for years with a certain word in it. Mm-hmm. Now program directors were pulling the audio. Mm-hmm. The Who, Who Are You, is mm-hmm. the one that stood out to me. If you listen to that song, it's one of the most famous songs of all time. It's been on rock radio for whatever 50 years or however long it's been Mm -hmm. there is a curse word at the end of the song yeah when he's asking who are you over and over and over again who the blank are you i remember as a small boy hearing that and chuckling that Mm -hmm. that was on the radio Mm -hmm. well i guess after 40 years of being or 30 years or whatever it was of being on the radio because some lady showed a nipple Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the world and children collectively were going to be scarred if they heard that word at the and remember they were i mean it was just people are ridiculous well tipper gore did that back in the 80s with the pmrc and putting the labels on yeah. everything because of prince and darling nikki now now this is a little different in the sense of its political correctness that is changing this and wokeism etc but if something has been in existence for 30 years leave it let Pretty it go. sure society managed to survive it. Yeah. Yes, leave it alone. So that Goosebumps, the books, did become a film back in 2015. Starred Jack Black, grossed $158 million yeah. at the box office. They made a sequel back in 2018, and that one made $100 million. And you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. 1151 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Wow, that is one heck of a beautiful house. Isn't that wild? We all pull our money together, like all of us. Everybody listening (laughs) would have to do it. Rush Limbaugh's home sold. For $155 million. Wow. So he, of course, uh, lived in Palm Beach, Florida. Mm -hmm. And this was only, I mean, I say only, obviously it's the value of the property, but only 2.7 acres. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had estimated it would get between 150 and 175 million, and it ultimately sold for 155 million dollars. The Wall Street Journal has the story. Yeah. And if you were to say this is the perfect house, <laughs> which it I is. mean, seriously, I mean, not just because it's Russia's house, mm-hmm. but if you were to say when you look at this picture, this was the perfect house. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the house. Look at the trees. Mm-hmm. Look at the obviously the access to the private beach. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's the American flags lining the drive as you pull in. Okay, so it's a uh, sixteen thousand square foot mansion, right? It and it's got it's got multiple little houses next to it. Yeah, thirteen bedrooms, guest quarters, right? Yeah, right. Thirteen bedrooms, twelve bathrooms, two hundred and fifty feet of oceanfront beach. The main house, Casey, was the two, main house. The main house, yeah. That's how they refer the rever- main house, darling. It in the Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal, yeah. is uh, roughly twenty four thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting because obviously, when things like this happen, it is. And he's been gone for two two plus years now. Mm-hmm. It's the closing of the book. Mm-hmm. On the greatest radio broadcaster that ever lived. Like, if you were to create the Mount Rushmore of radio people, yeah, Marconi, mm-hmm. because he essentially invented, invented it, the, the you know the airwaves, mm-hmm. and Rush is probably right next to Marconi in terms of importance in this industry. Mm-hmm. I think Orson Welles, if you were to fill that out, I mean, you get into a lot of different people that have. Maybe Alan Freed, who invented the phrase rock and roll. But I don't think there's any doubt, 1A, the dude who invented it, and then the guy who totally revolutionized it, Mm -hmm. it is is Marconi Mm -hmm. and Limbaugh. And it's, you know, I say this because it is very true. It is sad that he is not here anymore because our nation really needs Rush Limbaugh. We really need his voice we really need his unifying place by which people got information. And he was sort of the de facto spokesman mm-hmm. for the conservative movement, even at times where there weren't people speaking conservatism. So it is sad when you see this because it's a further reminder that the chapter on Rush Limbaugh's life is closed and that guy is not popping back on a, on a uh, station near you anytime soon. And for those of you in Rio Lindo, we'll be back on Monday. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kylan. Good job today, and thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here Monday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.